0: And welcome to episode eighty-five of season four of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast, where we take a hilarious and poignant journey through the nineteen eighty-nine Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan rom-com when Harry met Sally, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again to finish off this week are Roger and Marcy Wister of the Roadhouse Minute, of the Speed Movie Minute, and of the Twelve Days of White Christmas. Welcome back to the show, guys. Hi. Thanks. It's what do you want, Rob? Back.
1: <laughs> do I don't want?
2: usually do that some people come into these podcasts with like zingers I don't know why I felt compelled to do that today
0: <laughs> that's fine also it it perfectly works what do, no, happy, what do you want
2: happy to be back and finish out the week
0: Yeah. well what do you want Roger <laughs> <laughs> so episode 85 begins with Sally asking a question and ends with Harry talking about uh, marshmallows so no, yesterday they no 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 they're they're malamars. malamars, they're malamars, I know I know what they are
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so episode eighty five begins with Sally asking a question, and Harry and ends with Harry talking about malamars. Is that better for you guys? <laughs>
1: there you go, yeah,
0: <laughs> didn't mean to offend sorry <laughs> so yesterday we we ended things with uh uh Sally finally picking up the phone and Harry being curious as to where she's going. And today's minute begins with Sally going, what do you want, Harry? Nothing, nothing. I just called to say, I'm sorry. Okay. I gotta go. Wait a second. Wait a second. What are you doing for New Year's? Are you going to the Tyler's party? Because I don't have a date. And if you don't have a date, we always said that if neither one of us had a date, we would be together for New Year's. You know? And then Sally just responds to him and says, I can't do this anymore. I am not your consolation prize. Goodbye. And then we hear the the, the dial tone of the phone. So she basically uh, ends this conversation, doesn't want to have anything to do with him anymore. So, I mean, I like the way that this this, this plays out. I mean, I, I remember back, I think it was episode 50 or so, when they were talking about the fact that, you know, they were at the New Year's party and they were d- saying that if in the future – Either one of us needs, uh, you know, needs needs a uh, a date, and we don't have one. Then this is the perfect thing to do. So it's a great throwback to that, you know, to remind us that just a year ago they made this promise to one another, you know, when they were so happy together, and now no. things aren't, aren't aren't going as well as they were a year ago. You know. Yeah. And, this
2: is a this is a pretty devastating minute.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I, I, again, it needs to get there. You know, it needs to hit rock bottom before it can work its way back up for for Harry to eventually, you know, uh, figure out what what it is that he needs to do, which we'll we'll hopefully get to next week.
2: I mean, again, we I only that, have
0: a, we only have 11 minutes left to this movie. You know, we're we're I don't know we're, what, we're at the end.
2: I don't know what is worse in this minute. So I'm curious what the two, how the two, I don't know which of Sally's comments is the more brutal like the one is where she says what do you want harry and the other one is where she says i can't do this anymore i'm not your consolation prize like which one of those two do you feel like cuts the deepest uh, uh
1: i think the consolation prize part
0: yeah i think the consolation prize also but i i also like that the fact that that he says i want to say i'm sorry and she goes okay
1: yeah you know, See, yeah, you, I know. The,
0: <laughs> that that also let me just hurt. let me just
2: play the devil's advocate uh, like just just the fact that she would say what do you want harry basically indicates very clearly that there's nothing left for her mm. in terms of her feelings for him like you know if if you even have a scintilla of feelings towards like a you don't say it that way and b you don't view a phone call like this as simply being transactional right
1: yeah She's exhausted with the emotions of it all.
0: She just wants to move on. She's like, that's mm-hmm. it. I'm, I'm. I've had enough of this. It's. It's yeah. too gut wrenching to to be dealing with, with with Harry all the time with everything that's been going on. It's for her. It's, it's you know, it 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 hurts too much. Yeah. You see, I mean, that's one of the things that, that that's really interesting. If you look at it, that she, she, wants she wants something more and knows that she can't get it from him at this point. And he just wants to go back to the friendship that they had before, which is impossible, obviously.
2: Mm. Why is Harry apologizing in this minute? What does he think he's apologizing for?
0: Wait a second, Roger. You you, you you've been married twenty one years. Guys yeah. apologize for everything, you know.
2: <laughs> That's fair. I mean I get I get that it's a, it's a safe bet to apologize for the nameless whatever. I guess I'm just sort of opening up the question. <laughs> to like, so, you, so you think he's just saying I'm sorry because he thinks, well, that'll make it better.
0: He's saying I'm sorry because he thinks that's what she wants to hear. Okay. What do you think, Marcy? From the well, woman's perspective.
1: This whole thing got into a situation because they had sex together when she was emotional. He left kind of in a protective for his own emotions way. And then when he's trying to initially explain the situation at the wedding he says that he was trying to comfort her and then she feels like he's just pitying her so i think he's trying to say he's sorry because he's been hurting her feelings in a bunch of different ways that you know need need a little repair
2: so you just sort of view this as the omnibus apology. Like, I apologize for everything that happened starting with the moment that we started
0: kissing.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well,
0: Sally kissed him first. You know, if you're looking I didn't at it from that say perspective. That,
2: I didn't say that he was at fault. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just trying. Because I think you mentioned all the things that he could theoretically be conceivably apologizing for. I yes. just didn't know if we wanted to think that there was one in particular that he had in mind.
0: Mm. Okay, right. He, he again. I think he's using this just as an excuse in order to because he thinks that that's what Sally wants to hear. Right. You're probably right. Um, that that that's what I think. I, I I could be wrong. You never know. Now, it, it's really interesting that she uses the term uh, consolation prize. You know, because basically she's looking at it as, you know, she she wants him to, to see her as the, you know, the, the gold medal, not the silver.
1: Mm.
0: And, and she knows, and the way she sees it in his mind is she's just the silver. He can't have her as the gold, so he's just going to go for the silver. You know, because he just wants to be best friends with her to to talk about everything, but but not have the emotional connection of a real relationship.
1: Do you think this whole thing would have been a completely different story if from the beginning he got into her car and wasn't dating her friend?
0: Would it have been different because of Amanda. Meaning, do you think do you think Sally would have agreed like, to 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 spend the night with him? Is that what you're asking?
1: Yeah. Like, would she have, you know, would they have been able to get together when they were in that car instead of her having this, you know, kind of barrier of not spend or seeing that he's unavailable or did she legitimate just not like him? At all from the beginning.
0: I don't think 100% she liked it. percent
2: No, they could not get together.
0: They would not have gotten together. He he was interested in going out with her because he found her attractive. That was it. You know, it had nothing else to do with it. Sally is looking for something, obviously, like most women, are looking for something more uh, substantial.
1: You and know, he's that, just playing around.
0: And he, yeah, because that, that's all he did. I mean, think about it. Yeah. Throughout the entire movie, every time that he talks about the fact that he goes out on a date or he had sex with somebody or whatever it is, it's it's all superficial for him, yeah. You know, and and that's that's Sally's problem. She knows that Harry, Harry is superficial when it comes to sex, and for her, sex is an important part of their of of a, a relationship. And Harry just hasn't gotten that yet. Mm-hmm. Harry wants the you know the the ability to have this great relationship with Sally as best friends with no sex involved. And yeah. now that sex yeah. has happened. So Sally sa- Sally knows that they need that in order for them to continue to be together.
2: See, I've always I've always, uh, I've watched this movie dozens of times and I would say I've I never felt like Sally was ever pursuing Harry um or even really sort of like romantically interested in him and I the way they get together in this movie is ki- is really kind of weird. But going back to your question, Marcy, like I think both of them have to evolve a lot over the course of this movie. Mm-hmm. It's not just like Harry has to kind of grow up and not be such a troglodyte, although he is kind of like a caveman at the beginning of this movie. I think she has sort of this fantastic dollhouse view of romance. And I think fi- you know she has to get to the point too where she realizes that like, You know, you have to be really good friends with this person. You have to be comfortable with them on that level. Um, I I think I think this movie is about both of them coming to a place where they can finally be together. And I don't think it can happen without lots of change on both
0: sides. I agree. I agree with you. And I think that that change happened after they had sex. For Sally, Sally realized that that he's the person that she can count on for everything. You know, he can comfort her both verbally. But also physically, and she was happy about that.
1: Yeah,
2: I disagree with that because again, I think the I think the, post, the post the uh, post hookup uh, kind of separate voiceover scenes tell us. I mean, unless she's lying to herself, she's not feeling good about what happened. At she that was point. so
1: happy about it until he got out of the bed and left. Right in the morning, and she was smiling, like cuddling. His reaction was like deer in the headlights, scared, and she was like glowing about the situation.
0: Hmm. Yeah, so know. she, she like, said it was a mistake because after after she was glowing, she saw that Harry, you know, hightailed it out of there. Whether whether he yeah. you know had a good excuse or not doesn't matter at this point. You know, she wanted him to stay longer. Yep. Because okay. I,
2: I don't know. I, I guess, mean, we talked about this. We like... talked about
0: this a little bit a few weeks ago, but the the fact is, is that this happened either on a Friday night or a Saturday night or a holiday night or something like that. Because you know the fact that the two of them both called uh, Jess and Marie in the mm-hmm. morning and they were talking about having brunch, so it wasn't. It doesn't sound as if it was something that happened in the middle of the week. Even though he did, say, uh, actually, he did say he doesn't have to go to work. So I don't know. It could Maybe be either way.
2: Maybe it just has to go clean his andirons.
0: It could be. <laughs> could be. But that, you see that, that joke shooter, that, that uh, out, she would already have been able to guess what it was. Hmm. Yeah, I, I
2: guess my point is, I don't feel like she is even. place where she's ready to get together with Harry, even right after they have sex. And I don't think it's because of the way he reacts. I feel like she has to get all the way up to that very last scene where they have, you know, which you're going to get to in a couple of weeks um, at the New Year's party before she finally is like, okay, this is okay.
0: Mm. I, think, I think I think she only needs that scene that we're going to talk about in two weeks because of the way that Harry has been acting in the three plus weeks since they had sex. I mean, I think that, that she would have been very happy for things to continue from that point uh, on. If if he would have reacted yeah. differently. Yeah, I
1: agree with you. Rob.
0: Well,
2: that's possible, although I would say I would posit that if that's the case, then she's still sort of living in kind of this then Harry has just become Harry or has just become her
0: boyfriend. Uh, like, okay. I th- could be. Because she realizes after after he comforted her and then they had sex that, that, that maybe that is what she wants.
2: Well, we'll have to see. Let's see what your guests say for the next two weeks. And then I guess we'll have to
0: kind of <laughs> we'll, see. How we'll how have to figure out. that out. Yes. Okay. Sure. Um, and then the, the, the scene changes. And we once again see Harry uh, in, in his bedroom. You know, you see the, the, the TV's on. We see that, that he's... Uh, um, watching the uh, uh, the New Year's Rockin' Eve with uh, Dick Clark, <laughs> and he he's sort of like con- consoling himself, you know. And he, you see the, you hear the, the voiceover, and we, he says, uh, "What's so bad about this? You got Dick Clark, that tradition. Uh, you got Malamars, the great," and then he gets cut off. With what he's trying to say at this point. You know, so he you know, we we see that we're back to New Year's and you know, he's just uh he's all alone. You know, we'll find out on on Monday where Sally is, but only today today we only get to see what Harry's doing. And Harry's alone in his apartment uh watching the ball drop on TV. That's pretty much what it is, and he's eating malmars. So do either of you know <laughs> when Malamars were created?
1: 1953.
0: Roger, what do you think? I think Marcy probably
2: Googled that in the meantime, so I'm going to agree with I did with
1: not. Her.
2: No? Oh, that's a guess on your part?
1: I guessed. Yeah. Oh,
2: it's always earlier, 1925.
0: Okay, see, so you, you should have gone with your gut in the first place, Roger, because she didn't Google it. <laughs> <laughs> because you're, you're way off <laughs> sorry oh, sorry geez. Marcy it was 1913 oh.
2: okay. there you go
0: there you go Nabisco produced uh, started producing Malamars in 1913 which it's a graham cracker circle overlaid with extruded marshmallow and then is coated with a thin shell of dark chocolate
1: yeah my okay. mom it likes was... Malamars
0: In the same year that that, uh, Malamars came out, also Moon Pies came out, Uh... which is uh, a confection that is very similar in ingredients. And uh, they sold the first box of Malamars in West Hoboken, New Jersey.
2: I don't know that I've had a Malamar. Maybe I've had one. It sounds gross.
1: (laughs) They're not okay.
2: great. Do you know? Well, I personally I don't like chocolate, so you know I wouldn't. Oh, know. I love chocolate, but this but... just sounds like super gooey and <laughs> and
0: that's that I'm not down with that. Yeah. Did you know that in most places you can only buy them during the winter months?
1: Oh, because they get a they, little they bit generally too only, smushy. Uh
0: they only sell them. They generally only sell them between October and
1: April. Uh.
0: Um because as you said, they would melt too easily in the summer temperatures. And uh you know, they, they do this because of marketing reasons but also for practical ones. Huh. So sometimes people will stock up on them during the winter and keep them refrigerated over the summer.
1: Oh, interesting. <laughs>
0: yeah. Now eighty five percent of all Malamars are sold in the New York area.
1: Yeah, I don't doubt it.
0: More Um, but they, they produce them in Canada. More in a in More very New York Marcy. Yep. Of apparently. Yeah. All right. So do either of you have anything else you want to well, say about I this do. before I mean, we get into
2: yeah, like I then and I don't ahead. wanna like get into a huge long discussion of this, but I always feel a little wistful when we get to this part in the movie because I'm like, oh, Dick Clark, I miss you. Huh. <laughs> I watched a lot of those things. Yeah. I'm not a New Year's Eve party person, neither is Marcy. Um we have watched uh we our family tradition now is to kind of watch the ball drop with the kids, but even before that. I feel like Marcy we watched more than our fair share of Dick Clark ringing in the new year.
1: Sure. Yep. Just kind of hanging out. Do you know what the year search.
2: they
0: start Do you know what year uh Dick Clark started uh, ringing in the new year? 1913.
1: <laughs> 1953.
0: I'm just kidding. 71, 71, 1971.
2: Yeah, it's still called Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve. Now it's with Ryan Seacrest, I think. Huh.
0: Yeah, they they started in 1971, but but uh, Dick Clark only joined in 1974, 1974 as the uh, as the host. Yeah. Even though he was part of it beforehand.
2: I just wanted to put some respect
0: on his name before we get to the script because he's amazing. Yeah, no, no, he's, he he definitely was. I, I I remember those also. Um, I I can't remember the last time I've watched the ball drop because it just doesn't, you know, doesn't make that much of a big deal to me anymore. What kind of thing? <laughs> so the, the the script is pretty much exactly the same uh because i mean we don't have very much dialogue here anyway but uh the the dialogue that they that that they have in the movie is the same as in the script the only difference is what harry is doing in bed hmm. right so it says harry is lying in bed eating pistachio nuts Watching Dick Clark on television.
1: Oh, that's less (laughs) exciting than Malamar's.
0: No, pistachio nuts. But in the dialogue, definite upgrade. But what's even, but what's even funnier is, is that in the dialogue they mention Malamar's.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, it says he's eating pistachio nuts, but he said that he has Malamar's. (laughs) So, who knows? (laughs) What can I tell you? So every Friday we have a segment called Weekend Romance, where my guests will give Mm -hmm. their top five romantic comedies so once again we're going to split this up between the two of you because you both must have your own lists sweet so you guys can choose who's going to go first this time i think since each of you have gone once marcy is
2: the queen of the rom-com although i hear you're giving up your crown i feel you should go first
1: yeah so i um I used to really enjoy the rom-com genre, and now, for the last few years, I've been into dystopian hellscapes and and things that have to do is Isn't that the
0: world we're living in?
1: uh, Maybe. Things that have to do with interspace travel (laughs) seem to catch my eye. Um, So this is a callback from when I was a much younger person. Um, My number five is—
2: You're saying that The Handmaid's Tale is not a rom-com.
1: No, golly. Okay. Um, my number five is the J Lo Matthew McConaughey classic, The Wedding Planner. Whoa. I love Matthew McConaughey something fierce, and he is so cute in that one.
2: That's a really good pick, Marcy. I think if we were doing a draft, I would kick myself because that, that wasn't even on my draft board, and now yeah. I feel I feel sad.
1: Yep, we should.
2: So, you know, Rob, when I was making this list, I was I thought I knew more rom-coms because I feel like I've watched several of them, and so, but I I was having trouble, so I started like trying to like, come up with possibilities. I looked online. There's so many movies in people's list of rom-coms that like they're not romantic comedies. Like, I'm sorry, Clueless is not a romantic comedy. Like for me, romantic comedies have a very specific format to the plot, and if it doesn't follow that, it's not a romantic comedy. So, just for those okay, of- all fair. of you that are out, yeah. So Mars for my number five. Uh, I am going to pick the classic uh, Eddie Murphy vehicle, Coming to America. It's a little more calm than ROM, but it has all the beats, and it is hilarious.
1: All right, all right. Oh, yeah. Good choice. Um, My number four is My Big Fat Greek Wedding with another gorgeous man, John Corbett. <laughs> uh-
2: <laughs> I think I understand how you've constructed this list, Marcy.
1: Maybe. <laughs> okay.
2: Well, we'll see. I'm going to I'm going to start tracking now. My number 4, it's a little bit unconventional, so I feel like I might be contradicting myself a little bit here, but not really. Um I'm going to pick Groundhog Day. Um oh. which I think is a pretty amazing movie. It definitely has the chase. It doesn't have the let's get together and then break up part unless I'm misremembering things. Um but It does. It okay. So it, it it's great. Um Yeah,
1: good good pick. Thanks. Um my number three is the Cameron Diaz Jude Law, mostly Jude Law, classic, The Holiday. That movie is amazing.
2: Just so you know, Mars, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not starting to feel. Uh,
1: Don't you worry about a thing over there, Jelly jealous, jealous,
2: jealous. No, jealousy wasn't the word I was looking for. Mostly, it was just sort of oh. put in my place. Um, <laughs> that's okay. Um, I'm gonna pick for my number three the multi-Oscar-winning movie *A Good As Good as It Gets* uh, with Jack Nicholson and Helen Hunt. So I will I will raise your Jude Law and give you Helen Hunt because she's oh my definitely God. One, she's one of the actresses that I carry a torch for.
1: I cannot handle that, Roger. You and you know why? It's the forehead. That's too much for me. Okay. I can't. I can't. Well, it, um, it's a
2: great romantic comedy.
1: It might be. Um, My number two is the all-time favorite movie of my life, except for my number one, which is Pretty Woman.
2: Wait. Oh, okay. So your number two is Pretty Woman? Yes. I put that on the list. But again, the thing I struggle with about that is like, well, I I guess they... The, the period of time between when she leaves and when they get together is about three and a half minutes of screen time. Yeah. Um, it's a great movie, though. I have picked for my number two a Julia Roberts movie, but it's not that movie, and I'm surprised it's not on your list. Maybe it is, and we just haven't got to it yet. It's the Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant vehicle, Notting Hill.
1: That is a good one, but I tend to find her a little annoying in that movie. And okay. I like Hugh Grant, but he's foppish, and that bothers me. <laughs> okay. Um my number one and I know we talked about this earlier in the day is you feeling like it is not a rom-com. It is my favorite movie of all time and not because I think the man is gorgeous. He's not. Um it's the princess bride. Just every time will get me as my favorite movie. Okay.
2: I mean, I, I love that movie. I yeah. have a hard time finding the calm in that. Well, it's funny, but it's not okay. It's funny. It is. It is good.
0: Well, we know from um, the, we know from the other day that you don't like Billy Crystal in in uh, in the Princess Bride. So that, that's funny. oh, that's that's
2: not why though. I mean, I just think like this. It, uh, it, it's a great choice, Marcy. What did you pick for your choice. number
1: one, Roger? Well,
2: my number one? I, I, I promise you I didn't do this on purpose for Rob, for you, Rob. But my number one is this movie. It's the one we're talking about. Oh, I think, wow. I think, I think without a doubt, this is like certainly in color. Let me put it this way. Among color movies, this is the goat of romantic comedies. I feel like all other romantic comedies that came out after this movie were really just sort of trying to ape it
0: shamelessly. Well, okay. That is very very fair. Thank you both for for those lists. Um, is there anything in general you guys want to say about the the movie that that uh, that that we might have missed? You know, maybe it was something that wasn't in this minute that you wanted to in this week that you guys wanted to talk about, or or not.
1: Roger, do you have anything?
2: Gosh, no. I, I tell you what, Marcy, I did look ahead at Sally's hair during her Oof. final scene. And I agree with you that it is it's, it's, it's a lot. But I also feel like it was she she was she was predicting a particular style of hair for women in the early nineties. So I actually think she's a trendsetter.
1: Wow. All right.
2: What about
0: you?
1: Ultra frizz. Um, I don't have anything. I enjoyed watching and talking about this today. Thank you, Rob.
0: Okay. Well, thank you guys for joining me. It was so much fun having you guys on especially getting the couple perspective on a, a lot of these minutes. As as you mentioned at the beginning of the week, Roger, this is the perfect week for you guys to be on because of the fact that this is all about a uh, couple's riff. And uh, it really, really was, was nice being able to talk to you guys about it. So thank you. Thank you for agreeing to, agreeing to join me for, for this week. Oh, thanks Rob. Thanks, thanks for me. asking us. No problem. Uh, so Roger, you want to, for the final time this week, Tell people uh, where they can find you guys.
2: Yeah, I don't have anything else I can plug. This is Marcy. We've only done four different things. Oh my goodness! There may be. Once you plug, what's going
0: to be in the future?
2: Well, I'll tell you what. I don't want to jinx it, so let's just say we have our next movie in in mind. But I don't, I don't want to potentially disturb the arrangement of the soup cans and make it not happen. Um, so I'm just going to say, again, I would go back and encourage people to listen to Roadhouse Minute. I really feel like it's probably
0: where we did um, our finest work. All right, great. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Minute. You can find me at my website, movearoundminute.com. You can find me on Facebook, or you can find me on Twitter. So I'll be back on Monday with uh, a new guest. But uh, once again, thank you very much to to both Roger and Mercy for joining us. Until Monday, I'll have what she's having. Me a
1: I'll have what she's having.
0: With all I'll your have
1: what faults,
0: I love you still. It had to
2: be you. Wonderful you. Had to be you.